Um, today, my topic is um, you need friends who will tell you the truth and friends who will support you. And the Church of Jesus Christ was intended to do that. Now, the problem with this is one, it's a big one. We live in a culture that likes the idea of friends telling them the truth. Uh, we like the idea of that, but actually we really just want people to tell us what we want to hear. Uh, maybe you've experienced this in your life. Someone asks you for advice and they go, what do you think about this person? And you give them your advice and then all of a sudden they're like, I was going to do what I wanted anyway. Uh, have you ever experienced that where you've actually, they're like, please tell me the truth and you tell them the honest truth and then it actually causes the relationship to cool off. Uh, I've been there lots of times because of my job as a pastor. They go, Pastor, tell me what I want to hear, but make sure you tell me the truth. And you tell them what they, uh, you tell them the truth, and they're like, Oh man, time to find a new church. And <laughs> and so it goes. I remember when uh, before I met my lovely wife, who's not here today. She's on vacation in Jersey. Just kidding. She's on a business trip in Jersey. I just like to say that. Uh, she uh, before I met my wife, there was this girl I was seeing, and I went to my friend Scott. I'm like, Tell me the truth. Should I date her or not date her? And he's like, don't date her. I'm like, I'm not listening to you. I'm going to flip a coin. God, if it lands on heads, I'll keep dating her. If it lands on tails, I'll break up with her. And so I go, and so Scott is out of the picture of the story. He, his part of the story is over. So I flip the coin. Of course, it lands on tails. I'm like, oh Lord, best of three. And then, <laughs> and then so then I flip again and it was tails again. And I go, oh no, Lord, best of five. And then I flip it again, and it's tails again. I'm like, Lord, I'm going to do whatever I want to do here. And I just think that that's how some of us approach relationships and when people want to tell us the truth. We actually don't want to hear the truth. What we actually want to hear is what we want to hear. Now, the Apostle Paul, he spoke to the church in Galatia, the ancient church in Galatia, and what he recognized is that the church in Galatia had some of the same problems. There needs to be a different way of relating to each other. We can't just have friends in our lives that just tell us what we want to hear or lie to us. We got to have friends and connections that are willing to tell us the truth, that are willing to support us. Look what, if you, now you're going to need your handout for today, okay? If you look at the handout, it says in verse 1, it says, Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you may also be tempted. Look at verse 2. It says, carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you fulfill the law of Christ. And then look at verse 3. If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. So the Apostle Paul here understands something that is so true that it hurts a little bit. And this is this. That you have blind spots. I have blind spots. Did you know that you have blind spots? Now, the problem with blind spots is that we're blind to the spot. If we weren't blind to the spot, then we would see, but we can't see because we're blind to the spot. And so we need other people to help us see what we can't see. And what the Apostle Paul is saying here is that it's possible for you to be blind. You could be blind to an unhealthy relationship. The unkind of unhealthy relationships that lead to turmoil and to problems and to like emotional strife. You can be blind to how you're actually treating your spouse 
how you're treating your boyfriend or girlfriend, how you're treating your parents who are starting to get a little bit older, how you're actually treating your coworkers. You can be blind to what kind of employee you are. And you can actually become blind to the kind of habits you're, you're forming that could quickly turn into an addiction. And so Paul's saying like everyone has the potential to be blind. And so in order to address this potential blindness, this potential blind spot, he says, he says that God gave us Jesus who died on the cross for our sins and restored relationship with us. And because of that, he sent us his Holy Spirit. And his Holy Spirit lives among his people. People who've accepted Jesus into their life, they've experienced the Spirit in their life. And now that Spirit comes to restore. That Spirit comes to give us insight. That Spirit comes to bring power into situations so that people can help each other understand what they're missing, that they can help with their blind spots. And so do you know that? Did you know that the thing that separates what we do from just regular community is that we believe we have access to the Holy Spirit that can help you help others who are trying to get better. In my life, um, I went to college. Uh, I went to a small university called Ashland University in Central Ohio. It's where I met my, met my wife. Uh, she played D2 sports. She swam and on a swim, swimming scholarship. I did intramural frisbee. And somehow our paths crossed because of my awesomeness. And we've been together so long. Uh, and she's pretty great too. Um, and anyway, that's just a side note. So we're, we're there. Like I was kind of doing my own thing my freshman year. And then I started wandering back into Christian community. I'm like, Lord, I'm going to really get involved in Christian community. I'm really going to follow you. And so I went to the biggest ministry that they had on campus. Uh, it was similar to this church, just the biggest church in Santa Monica. Just kidding. Uh, it went to the biggest thing. It was called FCA, and it was run by Navigators. And I went in there, and I'm like, I'm into Jesus. I'm not going to be into these people because these people are nerds, and I'm really cool. I thought it was really cool at the time. And I would show up, and then they would be like, yes, um, you know, make sure you come listen to the Word, get in the Word. And uh, afterwards, come in fellowship with us. And I'm like, I don't know anyone else that uses the word fellowship besides Peter Jackson and Lord of the Rings. What are you saying? And they would go on and on. They're like, well, it's time for fellowship. I'm like, this is so weird. And I was just really turned off by Christian community. I felt like an outsider. I'm like, I want Jesus, but I don't like these weird Christian people. How many of you have ever experienced that? Don't raise your hand if you're experiencing it now, but how many of you have ever experienced that? <laughs> like, no, we're normal, okay? No, the problem's you, uh, not me. No, but and if, if you ever walked into a room of Christians, it's like everybody's normal till you get to know them. Um, and you're normal through and through, but anyway, anyway, so like, you know, I'm there, I'm like, Jesus, I want you, but I don't want your people because they're weird and they do weird things. And they want me to get in the word and fellowship and they say all these things and it's like, oh, why do you gotta be so weird? I can never bring a friend here. Uh, and I remember just as clear as day, like, I felt like the Lord said to me, you know, Chris, um, uh, if you love me, you will love them, which sounds similar to scripture, doesn't it? That like, that we are called to love them. He's, if you love me, you will love them because I love them. And I was like, dang it, Lord, fine. So I started to make an effort towards these people. 
And what happened was I moved over the next two to three years, I moved from being an outsider to being an insider, which had enough problems of its own. And some of these people who were so weird, that changed for me. They actually became some of my dearest friends in college. Some of them were in my wedding. Some of them would encourage me and tell me the truth. I remember we used to have a morning prayer meeting at our, in our dorm room with Adam and Jamie, and they would like drag me out of bed. I'm like, fine, I'll get up. We'd get up, and then everyone would go around the room and pray, and I'd be like, Lord, help us with life. And then I'd fall back asleep on the couch, so they put up with me. But when I was messing up, they would say, hey, stop doing that. And when I was doing well, they'd be like, that was really good. They would encourage me. And it was really hard because at some point I felt like I had to sacrifice something. But in return, what I got back were really dear friendships that helped form and shape me from 18 to 22 and put me on a trajectory to have a healthier relationship with God. I actually had a good standard for what community could be because of these people. And I would say the same to you. The Christians you're going to be around in, let's call it planet Earth, are going to be a little odd from time to time. But there's something that you may have to sacrifice from time to time in order to enter into a relationship with them. But if you do, there's something that can be gained from that. And really, it's your own personal, spiritual, and emotional health. Uh, another story, uh, when I moved to Columbus and uh, got involved at a church called Vineyard Columbus, um, they used to have something called community groups or small groups. And they used to have this card wall. And this church was on the larger side. Maybe like eight, ten thousand 10,000 people on the weekends would show up. And, you, and it's the size of an airplane hangar. You could fit multiple private jets inside of this thing, which they didn't. They just put chairs. And you would go out to this card wall and had all these cards uh, for like different community groups or small groups. And I remember, I was like, because I had the standard that I gained from Navigators FCA I had the standard of like, you know, I definitely need to be around other Christians who are going to encourage me to tell me the truth, who are going to be with me from time to time, that I can be involved in their life. I got to go. So I wandered up to the card wall, and I was looking at the groups, and I was introduced to a guy that was there, and his name was Sean. And he's like really tall and lanky, and he's like, what's up? And he, we hit it off, and he's like, you should come to my group. It's called Average Joe and Jane. I'm like, great. That sounds great. So I show up to the group, misunderstood the time when the group started. So I ended up coming like an hour early. And like, they're like, you want to pray with us before the group starts? Like, you pray as a group for the group? I'm like, sure. And I know at this point, I was closing my eyes. We're all praying for a group. I'm there at my first time an hour early. I'm like, Lord, help this group. I have no idea what I'm at. And I know when my eyes were closed, they were like, who is this guy? And why is he here? And, but they dealt with me. And I went to the group and I made friends. And then there was this other guy who came to the group that night. His name was Tercio. We walked up together. And then there was another guy named Ezra who was there. And another guy named Jim walked in. And um, we started hanging out. Uh, we not only went to this group, we would pray for each other. We'd tell each other the truth where we were at. Then we'd spend time together on the weekends. And I got to tell you, uh, we're coming up on 20 years being friends. We've been on vacations together. We were all in each other's weddings. We got to do everything. We've done everything together. We've done basically half our lives together. And it all started from this community group. And the reason I share that is that these guys are not always the nicest. These guys are truth tellers. They're like, here's where you're messing up. Hey, here's where you're messing up with your work. Here's where you're messing up. 
I gotta tell you, I gotta correct you. I gotta, it says, you know, when it says gently restore, these are the kinds of people that go, well, the reason it's not working for you is because of this. And they're willing to tell, they're willing to tell me things that I need to hear. And they're willing to encourage me along the way too. And that is really important. And what I've found is, is friends like this matter. You can't just have friends who are gonna be like, just kind of say whatever you want, um, say whatever you think you want them to say. You're gonna want friends who are gonna help you get better. Now, if you don't know this, um, when I was in Columbus, there's a, there's a team that plays football there called the Ohio State University football team, and they're really big. And one of the ways that you show your love for this team, and this is only, I've only seen this here. You don't do this with the Rams, you don't do this with the Chargers, you might do it with the Dodgers, I'm not sure. You, someone who's a bigger Dodgers fan might be able to tell me if this is true or not. But like, at Ohio State, when you're there, one of the ways that you show, I don't know if they do it at Michigan State, Okay, we'll find out. I bet you it's a Midwest culture thing. The way you show your love for the team is you show, you try to show where the team is weak and how we're gonna lose this week. You're like, they're never gonna win if they don't get this right or this right or that right. There's an honesty in your love. And your honesty about how you want the team to perform is connected to where there's potential for weakness. Now, I'm not saying that we need to run around church and be like, you know, you're weak here and here, like beat each other up like an overbearing mother. But what we want to do is have a culture of honesty and trust so that there can be, so that, so that people can actually hear what they need to hear. So let me ask you, uh, well actually, first let me read this. In Proverbs 27 says this, it says, better is, open, uh, better is open rebuke than hidden love. Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. So let me ask you a question. What are your friends like? Do they tell you the truth? Or do they tell you just what you want to hear? Are they proactive in how they do it? Or are they reactive? Or worse, are they passive aggressive in the way they share information to you about where you need to grow as a person? And how about you as a friend? Are you in the kinds of relationships where you can actually tell people the truth, where you can actually contribute to their health and well-being by telling them what is actually true? This is really essential, and Paul sees this as essential. Why? Because we all have blind spots. You have blind spots, I have blind spots, and the Christian community is there to help us by being a mirror. When we look in the mirror, we can see the good things and the things that we need to work on. You need people in your life who are going to tell you the truth. Um, not only do we tell each other the truth, but look what else he says here. He says that, he says that we should carry each other's burdens. You not only need friends in your life who are going to tell you the truth, you need friends that are going to carry your burdens. Let me tell you a story. Um, in one year, I left my position at the church that I was working at. Within a month, Nikki miscarried our first child. Uh, within three months, we were pregnant with Marin, our daughter, who's now nine, and she's over there. Uh, she's not on top of the building. She's behind the building. <laughs> It'd be awesome. If she doesn't. And um, I did a brief career change. Started just working uh, in in real estate while I was working on my doctorate before we moved here to start planting the church. That is a lot to have happen in 12 months. That was a lot for me. I don't know how you process life or whatever, but that was a lot. And I needed people to come alongside me to help carry my burdens. 
It was hard for me to process leaving something I had done for seven years. It was hard for me to process this new season. Uh, it was hard to process my wife's grief and then also the joy mixed in of getting pregnant like really like shortly right after all that. And I want to tell you someone, tell you about someone that helped me carry the burdens. There's a guy in that time in 2012 who decided to call me every month. He called me every single month just to check in. He wasn't required to do it. He wasn't paid to do it. He didn't have to do it. He just decided to call in and check in and help me carry my burdens and help me carry the difficult time that I was through. And guess what? He's done that for the last decade. He started in 2012 and he's been calling me all the way through 2022. Now, when I was preparing for this, I didn't realize that he was actually going to be here today. He's over there in the corner. <laughs> That's Corey Garris. And uh, <laughs> yeah, you can clap. You can clap for him. Corey's called me every single month for the last decade because, I don't know, maybe he felt sorry for me. But whatever the reason is, <laughs> he helped carry my burdens. And let me tell you what. Their church has gone through a lot of ups and downs over the last two years because of this global pandemic and uh, how fun it's been to do. And it's been great to, you know, it's been hard, but it's also been great to have friends and people who support me, even though things go up and down. I mean, this is not ideal. Things have not been ideal for me. I, in your, things in your life have not been ideal. Things have gone up and down for you the last two years or the last 20. I don't know what you've been through. I don't know the details of your life. But I do know that if you don't have friends who are helpful and carry your burdens along the way, then you're messing up and you're missing out on the joys and the opportunities that come from Christian community. Okay, so it's not only that we tell each other the truth, but there's an opportunity here that the Christian community, the vision that Paul has is that there will be people who are actually there for you. So to review, the Bible wants you to have friends that can tell you the truth. And the Bible says that you should have friends that help you carry your burdens. And you should do those for other people. But there's something else here that's going on. There's something really interesting that's happening here. It also says uh, that we sh it says you should help, uh, you can help people see their blind spots. If you see that verse three, it's really interesting. It says, if anyone thinks they have something when they, if anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. This is really interesting what Paul's getting at. Jerry Seinfeld is a, um, a comic. Has anyone ever heard of him? <laughs> He's probably the most famous comic. Uh, he did this little show called uh, Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. And there was another one. I forget the name. And uh, in the Comedians in Cars versus Coffee, you get a sense. He's always talking, about, he's always talking with stand-up comics about comedy. And then they go get coffee in cars. Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. You get the idea. And every episode, there's like a bunch of seasons, he's always talking about the absolute clear metric for comics. When you're a comic and you're getting measured on your job, whether you're doing a good job or not a good job, the metrics are clear. When you get up on stage, either people are not laughing or they are laughing. It's one of the two. There's no in between. And he knows if he's doing a good job when people are laughing. And he knows when he's doing a bad job when people are not laughing. And he says it's that kind of clarity that draws him to that kind of work. 
that it's absolutely clear if he's doing a good job with what he's doing or a bad job. You can't mess that up. If you don't hear laughter, you can think your jokes are great, but if people aren't laughing, you're not doing your job, okay? Okay, so, but let's be honest. As clear as that is for someone like Jerry, we understand that the rest of life doesn't work that way. None of the metrics that we go through, the ways we evaluate our life, what works, what's not working, what people are telling us, are they actually telling us the truth or not telling us? I don't know. It's not as clear as someone laughing at you from like a stage. It's not as clear. And so um, I want to provide you a little helpful illustration. You've got it in your handout. I want you to look at that. And it's something called the Johari window. And this helps us with this idea of thinking we're something that we're not. So if you look at the Johari window, I'm going to give you a financial example. So look at the one that says known to self, not known to others. This is the hidden self. This is the bottom left-hand corner. So in a financial example of this might be, I'm basically surviving financially. I can barely pay the interest on my credit cards. And I don't know how to fix this. Okay, that would be an example of the bottom left-hand corner. Now, the known to self, known to others, open area. This is the top left-hand corner. This would be something where you're like, hey, check out this cool luxury vacation that I went on. And uh, I know that you know that I don't have a job, but you only live once, okay? That would be an example of you know and I know how I'm messing up, okay? Now let's get to the other side, okay? The not known to self, but known to others. Not known to self, like not known to self. I don't know what's going on, but you know it, and you may have even been talking about it with me. An example of this, this is the top right-hand corner. Hey, did you hear he lost his job, and he went on a, an extravagant vacation, even though he doesn't have the budget to pay for it. And he said something about getting away from toxic people for a little while. And that's not wise. That's how people get into trouble. Should we say something to him? Okay? That's not known to me. Then there's the bottom right-hand corner. The bottom right-hand corner. Not known to self, not known to others. This is the unknown unknowns. This is what a former head of state said about um, uh, nuclear weapons in Iraq. He says, we don't know what we don't know, so we might as well go attack, right? We don't do that. But anyway, unknowns, unknowns. An example of unknown, unknown in the financial example would be this. An example of this would be that somewhere, there's some IRS auditor putting the fi final touches on a letter stating that you owe $5,000 in back taxes. <laughs> that would be an example of unknowns, unknowns. Okay, now there's another example I wanna give. Let's do uh, relationships, romantic relationships. Known to self, not known to others, hidden self. I really like him. Uh, I know that he doesn't have a job right now. He doesn't have any close friends. He does things that if other people I know or my parents found out that he did, I wouldn't feel comfortable sharing it and I would actually be really embarrassed. But I think I can change him, okay? That would be an example of I know, nobody else knows. Okay, uh, let's look at known to self, known to others, an open area. Isn't my new boyfriend great? He's currently in between jobs. You knew that uh, and you know we actually fight a lot, but I think I can change him. Not known to self, known to others. Blind area, top right-hand corner. I really think she's looking at this relationship through rose-colored glasses. Uh, we all know that he's bad news from her. She has so much going on for her. Why doesn't she just break up with him? And then the bottom right-hand corner, unknown unknowns. My example here is, turns out he's legally married in another state. 
Um, that's a joke. Anyway, so <laughs> I always clarify that I'm just joking. Um, the fact is, the fact is, is there's things that you know that nobody else knows. There's things that everybody knows that you know and they know. And there's things that other people see that you can't see. And then there's just this category of things that we just don't know yet. And what the Apostle Paul says to us is he, the Holy Spirit can give us insight into those unknown unknowns. And the Spirit of God uses other people in your life to help you see the things that you can't see. And at Pacific City Church, we're doing this series. We just started it. It's called Big Dreams, Big Vision. And our big dream and our big vision for community is this, that we would become the kind of people who speak truth to one another, that are there for each other, that carry each other's burdens, that help each other with the things that we don't see that we're blind to. And so I just want to offer this as an application before we head out. There's three ways that we can really apply this. The first way is this. We show up. I find that the older I get, one of the best things you can do is just show up. First, you show up in your relationship with God. If you're asking God, if you're saying, God, fill me with your spirit, give me insight into my relationships, God will give you insight and you will be able to help the people around you. The second way we show up is you show up to things like this. You show up to the Sunday morning worship service because when you're here on a regular basis, you rub shoulders with people that are different than you. And when you rub shoulders with people that are different than you, it gives you the opportunity to grow in a very diverse set of friends, but also it gives you a chance to be the people of God by telling truth and, and beginning to form those relationships. Uh, and then the other way you show up is you show up in your relationships with people that you meet here. You know, it's one thing to be like, hey, how's your week? How you doing? So nice to see you. Let's eat some pancakes. But it's another thing when you know somebody went through something, it's another thing to actually text them or call them on a Tuesday and be like, hey, how did the thing go? How are you doing? What are you walking through? How can I pray for you? Is there anything I can do? When you jump to that level, when you choose to do that for others, you'll find that it comes back to you in different ways. And when, if we do that for each other, that's really the way we start this. And I, I should add this, um, at Pacific City Church, we believe that you are responsible for your spiritual growth. Now we can help you. We can provide you with these nice metal chairs. We can preach at you. We can provide opportunities for community groups and social groups and impact uh, opportunities to care for people in our city. But you are the one who must take responsibility for your spiritual growth. You have to position yourself in such a way where you say, God, I'm here, I wanna experience you. And you are also responsible for your personal relationships. As you get older, you have found that no one is just going to make you be friends with people. You're an adult, that's not how it works. And the older I get, I mean, introductions are generally made, but that's the extent of it. And if you want the kind of community that's there for you and the kind of community where you can use your gifts and your talents, your spiritual gifts to help others, to restore them, to be there for them, you're going to have to take responsibility for that. And one of the ways I think that this has always worked for me, and I encourage you to do it, is once a week when you're at the Sunday service or once a week when you're at a community group, all you do is you say, hey, we should get together for coffee. Now, you know, if you're doing it to, 
date everyone and like if it's a dating thing like cool cool your jets but if you're like like i'm talking about platonic healthy relationships where you're like hey we should get together we should be friends um you should do that you should say hey, we should get together hey let's get some people together let's go golfing hey let's get some people together and let's eat some food hey let's get together and let's grab a beer whatever it is whatever you like to do go do that with people just invite them to do things. And you know what? They're probably on the other side, like just as much like, yeah, I'd, I'd like to, you know. And what happens is, is that when you pray together, when you worship together, and you actually do some social things together, you start to build the trust that's necessary to actually share things. They're going to actually um, kind of be vulnerable and release you to kind of have people speak into your life so you can actually get better. So you have to actually take a chance. Uh, the last thing I recommend is um, join a community group. We're launching community groups uh, this week, and we have different community groups. It's one thing to sit in these chairs and hear me talk at you for 30 minutes. It's another thing to sit in uh, not just rows, but in circles, and to have people speak into your life, and you talk about God together, you read the scriptures together. And what happens in that is that's where community is actually formed. Like we'll form, we'll start the community over here with the pancakes and the burritos and such, but really community begins to form when you're in a relationship with each other in community groups. So uh, right now in your thing, I would love for everyone to fill this out just so we get a sense. And we're going to continue to promote these in the next coming weeks. So even if you know you're going to be in a group, what I'd love for you to do is pull out that card and, um, and fill that out. And just to give you a heads up, the groups that we have, uh, at least for this fall, we have five. Uh, we have The Art of Neighboring, led by uh, Patrick and Kate. And they're going to be talking about what does it look like to have life with Jesus and care about your neighbors. And that's going to meet on Wednesdays. There's a Pack City Women's Group, which will be starting on Thursdays, hosted by Kyra and uh, led by Nikki. And I think, I think Kate's involved in that one as well. Um, that's going to be good. And then there is Man City. Um, Learn how to be a good man in a rapidly changing world while eating dinner. I think that's about as clear as it gets. Uh, <laughs> the world's changing. Do we fit in? We do. You want something to eat. Um, and I lead that one. And then there's a couple more that we're pushing on that I'm going to start to co-lead with some people. One is Life with Jesus. This is a four-week study on, um, you know, if you were asked the question, what is evangelism? People would be like, that's a weird word. What am I talking about here? How do I share my faith? So life with Jesus is how do we share our life with Jesus with people in a way that makes sense in a city that's very complicated? And the last one is search the scriptures. This is more of an inductive Bible study. The people that really want to open the scriptures and really dive in, dive in deep uh, into the scriptures, that's what that is. And so what I'm, what I'm inviting you to do is if you're, especially if you're even a leader or you've been going to this church since the very beginning, I'm asking everyone just to complete this and fill it out. If you're a guest, you can just not even select one if you don't want to. But really what we're trying to do is have, collect everyone. And what we'll do is we'll follow up with you and help you get connected to that group. So if you could do that right now, and then we will, um, uh, we'll, fill, we'll, we'll collect those and then we'll help you get connected to the right group in the next couple weeks. So um, that is it. Now, um, on that. Now, as a closing exercise, here's what I want you to do. You have the Johari window right in front of you. And as I was talking about the Johari window, I would, just, I would just think that there is some of you that are, there's some things going on for you that maybe you're not aware of. There are unknown unknowns for you. And there are things that other people around you know that you don't know. And I would just love for you to just take a minute right now. And if you think of anything, 
write down, is there any way that you feel like God is inviting you to be more honest with yourself? Whatever that is, just write it down. And is there a particular thing, the second question I want to ask you, is there a particular thing that you feel like you need to get feedback about? That you need feedback from others on right now? Whatever that is, just write it down. Third thing I want to challenge you with, if who are the one or two names uh, that you would like to reach out to this week that you'd like to ask about your blind spots? Who are the one or two people? Maybe they're in this field of dreams. Maybe they're not. Who are the one or two people you're like, hey, I have a question about this. I feel a little blind to it. You're an outside perspective. What do you think? Give it a go. And I believe that as a church, if we follow through with this, that we proactively ask people about where we potentially are blind. If we're open to what others have to say, this will change us. We will be living out Paul's vision for community. And we'll get better. Like you will actually get better. So why don't we all stand?